I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. Welcome along to the GER on a Monday. It's myself and Conan here in studio. Well, Conan, how's it going? Take number four here, Willie. It's taking you a long time <laughs> to get back into it. It's not easy. It's not easy. My brain has been has been fried. I forgot the code of the door getting up to the street. <laughs> I'll change it so you wouldn't get it. I'm taking that presenter's chair. So what's the story here? So Paul Mannion, uh, Dublin footballers on the show last Thursday. The minute I turn my back, you get a dub on. And I want to know what happened to the the Sheppinator. How did how did he not pull the plug on this? Well, he's blocked me, I think, from my phone, so I couldn't get through to him anyway. Not that I would have would have ran it by him, but I just rang. I just rang and said, "Listen, I agree with you. Will he's a bit of an asshole. So do you want to bring on Paul Mannion, and I'll chat to him myself." Jesus, and there you go. So this is fair. See, maybe the mistake I make is that I don't want it to be awkward, so I actually say like to say Kieran Kilkenny or whoever it is um, or whoever the PR crowd is yeah you might just ask Kieran to run it to make sure that it's okay because I don't want to land down there and it's all awkward and then obviously I get the word back no no so, so maybe the, my new thing should be I should just land uh, down these boys just want a fair trial they wanted a, a proper judge they wanted somebody better to ask them a question and, and they got it yeah okay well listen I'm not even going down the road on this one anyways so there's been some uh kind of news on the Mayo management's uh, job. So Mike Solon has pulled out. So it looks like it's James Horan to get it. I don't know whether you've you've been covering a bit of this. I took a complete break from GEA last week and uh, didn't bother with it at all. But like, I mean, he had Billy Sheen obviously on his ticket and he was with the under 20s, under 21s. So he's gone. So he obviously got enough feedback to know that he's pissing against the wind basically James Horn is the, the people's champion in Mayo yeah. and he's it looks like he's the a complete shoe-in for that job now well I have a theory on this one do you want to hear it go on James Horn contacted him and said listen do Mike, you want to come on my yeah, ticket you're not going to get it you know it's a valiant fight and stuff but you're not going to get it this time around come on my ticket help bleed through the under 21s and under 20s that you've been working with over the last few years which there's a lot of them and there's yeah. more coming through get initiated with the senior players who probably don't know you as a coach as much yeah 
and then two years time when I'm stepping aside and you can no. be ready you see I know James Horn is a massive competitor and I'd say he'd be like that Mike Sola wants to go against me <laughs> yeah. you think he, he really think he's going to go up against me he's not <laughs> so Solon uh, wished Mayo all the best in 2019 and beyond so it sounded from that that maybe James Horn hasn't if I was going for a managerial job and some whippersnapper comes up <laughs> trying to challenge me I wouldn't be giving him putting the, putting the arm around him anyways the story in, in Kerry is Morris Fitzgerald um, looks like he is going to get that job and from my information is that the county board are telling him Donny Buckley's on your ticket whether you like it or not not that Morris Fitzgerald would really kind of have any problem with Donny Buckley yeah. being on it and Stephen Stack who obviously won an All-Ireland with Kerry as a player and was over Austin Stacks when they won the Munster Club so he's on that ticket so that's actually looking like a strong Strong management yeah. team as well. That's an exciting lineup, and Morris Fitzgerald just adds a bit more glamour to it now, doesn't it? It's like Zidane yes. coming and taking over Real Madrid. And yeah. Just all the boys are back. Um, I think it'd be great now. The unfortunate thing for Morris Fitzgerald is it come up against Jim Gavin and Dublin. Do you know? And that's ultimately what he's going to be tested on. Like, so he's getting thrown right into a baptism of lava, basically. Like, you know, and if he can get these boys up to standard great but it's not like he's just going to be able to come in I think he's got a year or two grace especially after Kerry losing to Galloway and drawing with Monaghan so any improvement on that will be okay for Morris in his first year I don't think he'll be tested against Dublin yet you know depending on, on the age pro- well we know the age profile of the team is going to be very young so I think he'll get he'll probably get the three years before if he's in the third year and he's not you know making an impact against Dublin he'd probably yeah. he'll be starting to get a few letters basically that was, well, that's all we'll say imagine Morris Fitzgerald getting letters well, how sad <laughs> would that be Christ. that's one thing that Fitzmaurice did allude to wasn't it that him leaving gives the next fella a chance to sort of bend in time yeah. Yeah, yeah, that he wouldn't have got so Tom Parsons was talking at I think it was the GPA had a uh, their AGM down in Port Leash and they all went to Kieran Lillis's bar for dinner didn't come up near my restaurant but uh, I, won't, <laughs> I won't complain about that um, anyways you know, what, would, what would the GPA have a problem with me about anyways it's not like I've, I've, I've ever criticised them you have a few times there in fairness <laughs> I'm joking you, you I criticise them challenge them, them. criticise them all the times but anyways Tom Parsons um, was talking about his knee so it's crazy what this lad has, has had uh, so he's part of his hamstring and his quads in his knee and he has an Achilles what's a cadaver's Achilles I didn't know what cadaver was but it's a dead person yeah. basically a dead person's Achilles in his knee so he's got a dead person's Achilles he's got his own hamstrings and he's got his own quads in his knee <laughs> this lad's gone forget about it <laughs> what? what and then and then in the same the next sentence he says I'm hoping to be alright all for next year's championship Tom I think you might struggle <laughs> I, was, I thought this was a really good story this is what the GA's all about sort of thing and you're coming out saying he's gone well he's actually saying that he asked the surgeon to make sure it's a high quality cadaver ligament because <laughs> yeah. he's, re- he's requested one of the highest jumpers in the NBA so like I mean but still Jesus he's got a, a part of an Achilles part of a hamstring a part of a quad in his knee that doesn't sound to me like you're really like I'm saying Tom if you're walking around you should be happy here mate so yeah. I look I'm not, I'm not a medical professional he says Jan the Villiers reached out to him the former that, yeah. South African legend and sent him a letter and said he'd been through something similar at the age of 34 and came back for a World Cup so right. you know, it has been done before obviously that was professional setup that he was being looked after but 
Jeez, I don't know. I saw him in that picture of the new Mayo jersey, and he looked all right to me. He looks like he looks like yeah. still a specimen. So he did the anterior and posterior cruciate knee ligaments, which is you know like it's not very common to do both of them. So I think one is worse than the other. I can't exactly remember. Mm. Um, one is less recovery time, but to do both just completely, it's uh, it's unbelievable. And look, I'm I'm joking, obviously. So he obviously knows what he's talking about. And if you see him back in the championship next year with a, a patched up knee like that. Um, more power to him. Another thing I wanted to just quickly mention, and this isn't new news, but it kind of wound me up last week when I came across this. And this was Turlock O'Brien talking about Tier 1 and Tier 2. This actually could have been the week before I left and I just didn't notice it. But John Horne's obviously talking about Tier 2 All-Ireland competition. Um, that's that's all great. My problem with the Tier 2 competitions is just that that's what it's going to be. There's no holistic view of the whole year. There's no kind of let's restructure everything and have it all. This is just patchwork now to please another little bit. Uh, you will still have all the issues that we had this year with the whole running of the year. Anyways, so Turlock O'Brien keeps talking about this and this is why I wanted to mention it. Is like the B Championship will never attract sufficient attention. No appetite in the media to cover secondary competitions. As a result, players will not be interested in paying for a county. Top tier will hoover up all the publicity and attention. Out of sight, out of mind. Now, I never... When I came up playing with Leash, Leash were a divi- were not top team. They were, I think we could have been in Division 3 for a year or two under, when I started out. There was never any mention in our dressing room about media attention. <laughs> I never played with Leash for media attention. And, like, I mean, I would have done plenty of interviews. I got a lot of media attention at times... But to think that a panel of inter-county players are worried about media attention. Do you, do you, uh, is this, is this a thing? Because if that's a thing, where are you going with your squad, mate? Like the whole idea of GEA is that you're proud to play for your county. I don't give a shit. I'm lining out for my county and I might win something with my county. Isn't that brilliant? And then you enjoy the win and you go away and celebrate it with your friends and you bond together. That's what playing in the county is about. It's not, uh, did you get a, a write-up in the paper about it? That's bullshit. <laughs> Players might mention that amongst each other if there's a bit on the paper, they might buy it and read it. But that's not your motivation. That's just a nice yeah. little thing that comes with winning something. He's talking about media attention maybe for the first round of a, a championship match. <laughs> Players don't care about that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in that point. I think maybe the wider uh, issue, and I hope that's what he's trying to get at, is you know the, the, the rich get richer in the week. Get weaker to fall away. Well, if that, that doesn't sound to me like that's the mo- that's what he's talking about. This seems like publicity, media coverage. That this is a complete media issue he has. Like, I mean, I, I think that's wrong. I do take the point, but the very obvious thing, and it's in any championship restructure that I've done, is Division One would be at one weekend, Division Two would be another weekend. Yeah. So they're on alternate weekends. So there's no choice but for it to get some sort of prestige, and like it's the only show in town that weekend. That would be the fair way of doing it, but I don't. Players don't care. Yeah. Don't, unless the world is changing, and it is changing, Conan. And I'm forty now. <laughs> maybe they are motivated. Young boys maybe they days. are motivated by how much they get. Uh, maybe there's headlines on Twitter or on like sports show or wherever it is. Maybe mm. are they? Mo- would they be? Because this is just so alien to me that this would be a motivation for him to oppose a tier two. If this is, seems to be more important than actually winning something at your level, I don't yeah. get it. Publicity. 
who cares <laughs> and we just had a brilliant win we've won an All-Ireland B title and he cares about whether there's going to be publicity I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt and you know reckon that he's suggesting that if they're not getting coverage then people won't care as much then they're staying it's easier for them to stay down in the second tier then because there's not as much momentum he's looking at Carlo's example where there is momentum behind the whole thing now they're getting a national spotlight people want to play for Carlo but they're getting so in a national you know, spotlight because they're starting to win a few games and who did it be Teams at their yeah. own level. Well, yeah, you'd say Kildare now and Louth. And well, this know. year, yeah, up until that, it had been Kildare was a, Kildare was a Louth would be similar enough level. They're both Division Three next year. Kildare was obviously their big win, but like I mean, Carlo through beating the Division Four teams and getting promoted got plenty of coverage out of that. Did yeah. they not? It was Carlo rising, and they did a lot of their own work of creating that and creating Carlo being a thing. And Turlock O'Brien deserves credit for it. But it just goes to show. Turlock O'Brien's motivation here he wants media yeah. coverage like does he <laughs> you have to be poacher now is that no one? I like Turlock O'Brien it just he keeps going on about this and I, I just had to uh, kind of address it I do like, I still think we've talked before about you know Division 3 and 4 and like even if they're on a Saturday they still don't get the same razzmatazz around them and people don't care as that's much that's because they're nowhere near good enough like I, I mean I, this is nonsense as well they'll never get the same media coverage because it's not it's a much lower level And I'm, sorry but I'm not saying that this is why they should be they, they should be getting more coverage I'm just saying this is his worry that if you just cut them off like, like they are in the league then nobody's going to give yeah. a shit anymore yeah. whereas them winning the championship they're winning those division 4 games but they're getting further in the championship they compete against Dublin they go to play Monaghan because they've won 3 games in a row you know they're still in the main championship and their story's still going Yeah, that's I think that's the sort of point but Maybe, yeah. but if they were played on on terms of the weekends, he would have no. There would, there would obviously be no issue because they would have to. They would have to be reported on. There is that issue of the second tiers on at the same weekend. Like, let's be honest, we probably wouldn't cover the second tier no. at all. And this, you only have an hour, you wouldn't have enough time. But like, I mean, that's still the way of the world. Like the pre, the fourth division doesn't get any coverage because you have to earn the right to maybe be in the league to earn coverage. I don't know. I'd still prefer. Uh, if I was a leash player in Division 3 a chance of winning Division 2 All-Ireland than getting a write-up after losing to Dublin <laughs> like, I mean, think, about, think about it like this is their big kind of claim that they did well against Dublin and th- there was a lot of people at the match care less yeah. about a lot of people at the match I'd challenge them as to whether you know beating teams in the championship and not having any kind of talk about it which did you which dressing room did you prefer to be in after it yeah well but if you were leash say Division 3 and getting like you know competing in the, in the Division 2 you're learning, but not winning it and then feeling like you're getting more and more cut off from Division 1 never getting that big day against Dublin yeah, sure that's it but that, that's going to have an effect in 10 then years you should time count, then, then you should count your lucky stars that you're not getting destroyed by Dublin if you can't even compete for <laughs> Division 2 you want to be lucky that you can't, can't get in there anyway so probably giving that a little bit too much time I want to do a bit of a club round up here Conan because like I mean this is a great time in the GA calendar it's absolutely fantastic there's lovely little stories coming out first one I'm starting with isn't a lovely little story and I was trying to find out some more information about this this morning is my old club Parnells accepted the relegation from division uh, from senior football so they conceded a relegation playoff which was scheduled for Sunday so it was a relegation double header uh, where Parnells played Lucan um, and Clontarf played uh, Oliver Plunkett's which I'm surprised Oliver Plunkett's are in the mix there Paul Curran their manager and they've some good players Clontarf obviously ran a county semi-final only a couple of years ago so I'll say they were surprised but they all got a nice little uh, surprise <laughs> uh, when Parnell's just pulled out so obviously the Parnell's just immediately accepted a relegation and 
I was texting one of my ex-teammates last night and he says, look, it's very complicated. And he says, give me a ring today. And I, um, I didn't get a chance to talk to him um, this morning. So it's definitely an interesting one. It always is seem to be some sort of complications with Parnells because there is a lot of politics and infighting often within that club. And there's often people pulling in different directions. And it's not, a, it's not, an, ideal, not an ideal thing. I think all the transfers that they made back in the day split the club um, badly when I joined first I think me and Darren Rooney were the first two intercounty transfers and we were welcomed with open arms and then you're getting into year three and year four and these transfers are still coming and then the welcome kind of faded a little <laughs> bit even though I was gone at that stage but it, I could probably see obviously the idea of tra- getting all these transfers in is they were doing a big push in the local schools with games development officers that they were paying for themselves and they would have a, a senior football team that could compete in Dublin Championship to try and inspire the children this is where we are this is how good mm. we are so like I mean there's a lot of merit to their idea but my own take on it is that they went, they went to town and the transfers and there was no need to go that many and I don't think like the club hasn't recovered from that whole era. Yeah. Was there any year there that you thought you were going to compete for the club We drew just with me and Darren Rooney uh, as the inter-county transfers we drew at Ballymun Kickhams in the championship in my first year and they beat us in a replay but only like three or four points So, like, so there was a decent team there already And, and we'd been promoted out of Division 2 so there's a lot of good local lads now some commitment issues but that's the same with every count that's yeah. the same with every club and then the following year Colin Begley transferred and MJ Tierney then suddenly you're with four leash lads and it started to turn into a bit of a you know I, I wasn't com- even MJ and Colin were two of my good friends I still wasn't comfortable with it I was like Jesus how many of the yeah. same county did yeah. want? then there was more just more coming along coming <laughs> along it was like holy shit but, uh, they built yeah. a wall in Parnells now to keep the leash people out. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely caused a split in the club and I might try and find out some more information on that because that's sad to see that they didn't even show up to fight for their Division 1 Division yeah. one status. It's a really weird one. Like I know like, they didn't have a good championship. It was just 48 points they lost their three games by cumulative yeah. total. And I kind of want three hidings, but they're in Senior B you now next year and they're going to try and win it to get back into Senior A. Like, you know, what's... Just try and stay playing. in it. Yeah, maybe yeah. they couldn't feel the team. You don't. We don't really know. We don't, we're not too sure. But uh, the other big news in Dublin, obviously, is Ballymun Kickhams are out. So mm. this seems to be a kind of yearly issue where the star-studded Ballymun team flatter to deceive and get knocked out of the championship or get to the final and can't win it. So they've only won one county title with this brilliant team that, that let's be honest, is the backbone of the best Dublin team of all time. So you've obviously got the four starters and you've got Paddy Small then, Evan Comerford. Evan mm-hmm. Comerford would be on most county teams. Paddy Small, looking from the highlights, was running amok in the first half. Looked yeah. like a really good player. So, like, I mean, this is it. Again, is it a huge shock? Because we're going to talk to Niall Coakley, who scored 1-4 in that game in part two. Um, so I'm not even sure if it's a shock anymore. Like, I mean, it's 2013, like I said... Um, they won Leinster that year beaten in the All-Ireland final after going about 8 or 9 points up threw that away and they've never recovered from that All-Ireland loss and like I can kind of uh, relate to losing an All-Ireland club in heartbreaking circumstances by a point and never getting back to that stage even though it was a really good team there in Port Leash when I was there so like I mean don't want to be too critical of Ballymun but not sure what they need to try and uh, become a little bit more like Vincent's where they can grind out these matches that are kind of yeah 
falling away because it sort of looked like they were going to do that originally like Jude's got obviously a good start and then Ballymundes got the goal through Dean Rock's penalty and then Jude's came back and then Ballymundes pushed ahead they just seemed to be like in control and yeah. pushing ahead but they never got more than three points ahead really and then that just left it open for your man was Chris Guckin who got that goal like a cracker goal into the top right corner yeah you think it was, he meant it anyways I think he I did I think he did yeah. yeah the way his body shape was going like, um, and they were three points down at the time suddenly it was a level game out of nowhere they, like they were comfortable but they're never more than three ahead so that just kept it up in there for them the whole time yeah no it definitely did so that's a that's a weird one so the semi-final is Jude's versus Vincent's and it's Kilmacug Croaks against Ballyboden so that's a local derby and they played earlier on the championship and we won that one I think it was on the telly we were talking about it the next day it was Ballyboden I think Ballyboden won it no Kilmacug <laughs> Croaks won it you just guessed there I just guessed that is one point they make to over Plunkett's is that they were in that group the group of death over Heaney as well so that's why they ended up in that playoff ah ok ok right ok so we'll go easy on them you see you're, you're my du- you're my Dublin football correspondent here you shouldn't be looking back at me to, t- to tell you who <laughs> won, won that game. so a big shock in, in Mead Right, so Simonstown Gales, waiting to hear this. So this this was there must have been a really strong wind here. So they're defending champions. They won two in a row and actually did well, almost beat Road in the Leinster Club. Um they went in seven three up against Dunboyne after playing with the wind. Uh, what was the score in the second half? Two thirteen to a point. They were beaten. <laughs> so they were beaten two sixteen to eight points. This is a team that's won two in a row and going for three in a row. I'm fairly sure on that. And Dunboyne just destroying them. So Donald Lenehan, who we all know from playing for Mead and a fella called Robert McCarthy who I don't know much about he scored 1-4 Lenhan scored 7 so that's a huge huge shock in me but this is this is why I love club season because it just throws up these little little stories and little results that are um, you know they're they're funny to read they're funny to read maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's just interesting that that would never happen in Leash and I just think Jesus isn't that yeah. unbelievable like I mean um, another one was Mark O'Connor who's with Geelong uh, Zach Tuhi's club he lined out for Dingle at the weekend um, Dingle beat Austin Stacks so he played as a sweeper in front of Kieran Donaghy um, so he's obviously natural midfielder when he was minor under 21 um, he's only 21 he lasted 45 minutes he got a black card for uh, I think he hit a fellow a box so he that not a bad uh, <laughs> black card it was an off the ball foul anyway and it led to a massive brawl where Kieran Donaghy came out and took exception to Mark O'Connor. So again, lovely little story yeah. of the the young Aussie rules fella coming back and the le- standing in front of the big legend yeah. and the big legend getting pissed off <laughs> and coming out and starting around with him. So there you have it in in uh, in Kerry. And I was watching the the Doctor Croaks um, Legion match yesterday, and she's Doctor Croaks plays some great football. Oh my God, they'll win if they don't win the All Ireland Club this year. I don't know. Gooch on the bench. Uh, we'll talk in performance the weekend about my man Tony Brosnan. Tony Brosnan is coming oh, good. Listen, it's all about Tony Brosnan. He's a great, uh, great, uh, great player. Lee Brennan can step aside. It's Tony Brosnan's. It's all year. about. This is the year of the Brosnan. This is the year of Tony Brosnan. So Gooch came off the bench and asked some of the football Doctor Croaks play. It's just out of the very top top drawer. They're just pure naturals, pure naturals, and uh, loads of talent under bench as well. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about Tony Bros in a little while. Um, Tyrone Championship, Killy Clogher beat last year's champions Oma by six points, so it was one twelve to nine points. Killy Clogher, obviously, very very strong team. They won it a couple of times in recent years, and I saw an interesting tweet from Cahar O'Kane, and he said the champions in Tyrone are gone. No team has retained the title since Carrick Moore in 2005 and only one has even made it back to the final. 
is, is there a more competitive is there a more filthy <laughs> maybe uh, look, well, you don't a want to say it's filthy but like I mean they're at Tyrone club football is fairly low scoring usually and they're fairly do- they're dog fights basically and no county champion has made it back to the final in the last 13 years that's yeah. an incredible incredible stat and different teams winning it it's different teams winning it in the last 13 years Eight. unbelievable and the I crowds look must be huge then are they because like this oh, is, yeah, it like doesn't get any huge. it doesn't get any better than that really this is the thing that would piss a lot of dairy people off you know where like the national sort of narrative would be oh the club championship's too competitive in dairy and you just look over the wall and the one in Tyrone's even more competitive yeah. it's better and their team is very good as well the county team off the back of it but I look at someone like there's eight winners but someone like a team like Ardbo you know Brian McGuigan's club and they haven't won it since 98 they've been in one final in 2010 they're in the semis they're in the semis yeah. and that's a class club like a class team and they haven't been able to win it in all this time you know, it sort of shows how, like, just how competitive it is. Yeah. And, like, you know, we talk about people get, not getting to the final. Both of last year's finalists put out in the quarterfinals there at the weekend. Eric Lekeen and Andoma. You know, both of them gone and are completely new teams in the semi-final. Yeah. Like, this is I terrible. know, that's brilliant. That's it. That's incredible. And it's in, it's in stark contrast to the Leash Championship because Port Leash hammered St. Joseph's, who would be a strong enough team like relatively you know compared to all the other teams in Leash but not Port Leash so they hammered him 4.15 to 1.9 um, only kind of downside for Port Leash was Brian McCormick was sent off but I think on video evidence he's going to get off it because you know when you win a you know when you win a free and you're trying to push your man out of the way so you can take it so he was he was accused of striking right. when he said he just pushed he pushed him away I've played and watched Bruno play since he made his senior debut in 1999 I've never once seen him hit a fella a box or be in any way dirty so he's 38 now 39 and to be banned for a county final would be just lousy it was Morris Deegan reffing the game Yeah. so I think it was the linesman that kind of stitched him up so they, they have video evidence of it so surely the Leash County Board will do the right thing because you know, he might be 38 but he's still Port Leash's most important forward yeah. unbelievably because Port Leash are such a strong team it's all about him um, a lot of the time uh, any of the games I watch but they play O'Dempsey's in the final so Dempsey's are making their first final in a long long time so I was just looking there this morning so O'Dempsey's since Portlaoise won Portlaoise won nine in a row then were beaten by Stradbury then won it last year and will probably win it this, this year so of those 12 finals Portlaoise have beaten eight different clubs in the final or will O'Dempsey's will be the eight different club so it's not like Portlaoise even have a rivalry going. It's like yeah. every... It, do you know what it's like? It's like the Leinster Championship with That's Dublin in say it. That, yeah. So all the other clubs are on the same level. So they're all able to get to a final, have a great year. Portlaoise d- destroyed them. Somet- sometimes even e- Emo, Portlaoise beat in 2015. Emo went back down, relegated. To follow. Do you know what I mean? Ballylinen got to the final last year. Back down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not good. So they're all able to come out of nowhere, have a great year, get to a final. But none of them are able to step up and be in any way rivals of Port Leash. And I've always said it from Port Leash's point of view that the sooner some of them start joining up and actually having a proper Leash Championship, because this is ridiculous. Maybe even do, yeah. it like, do it like Kerry do it and have the intermediate clubs join together and have, you know, uh, East, South, North and West Leash kind of with the intermediate clubs. That looks like a good idea in Kerry. Yeah. Like, I mean... It's something like that has to happen because there's no uh, there's no kind of excitement about the Leash Champ- Leash were 292 points up at half time this is against Joseph's a traditional like when I would have came up playing underage or playing senior Joseph's yeah. and us would have had some great county t- county finals do you know but like I mean 
they're just gone they're all gone back so far like, when, like they haven't won the Leinster title in a while then haven't they not and 2009 was the last Leinster and this title. is such a dominant team and a good team to keep getting beat by the Dublin champions like and last year was the big uh, mess up for Portlaoise in that Dublin champions were beaten by Ratnew on the same day Portlaoise throw away a three point lead with two minutes ago against Moorfield and Moorfield <laughs> win it so Portlaoise are sick and were absolutely sick yeah. sick myself walking out of the that because that was the big that was the big chance yeah and I tell you Vincent's don't look like they're slowing up this year like it's going to take something no. special to catch them and the, I, I'd assume they're going to win the Dublin Championship and then something to catch them in the Leinster I'd the be very thing, surprised the great thing about Vincent's is that they've no Dublin players <laughs> but they don't like, which is unbelievable that they've such unbelievably good Dublin players and ex-Dublin players that you look at Ballymun Kickham's have six lads gone all year so they're never involved with the team they're coming back with like strangers yeah. they're probably coming back in then trying to dictate well the, the intensity is not high enough tonight now I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone, but you're coming from a very high level of, of football and preparation back to your club and maybe you feel that it's your duty to tell them yeah. this and maybe that pisses your teammates off I don't know the dynamic of Ballymun at all but I can imagine through playing with Port Leash when we would have had a lot of county lads I know exactly the difficulties they face and Vincent's don't have any of that so they only had Connolly and he's just been you know brought back in off the bench reintroduced into the team but they've no other they've nobody else do you know so like I mean they're just a proper brilliant club team yeah it is amazing though when you look through the 15 and it's all names that you know and like a lot of them from over the country as well like and it's they're all there all year which is frightening well yeah but the likes of Brendan Egan who yeah. were knocked out by Sligo well early in the in the, in the year so he's back in the, you know what yeah. I mean it's not even the other fellas they have are not like going long distances into the championship where they're missing yeah. them and Jamie Connolly I suppose is still arguably one of Dublin's best players and he's they did have Nathan Mullins I suppose with Donegal into the Super 8s this year so maybe they had th- two or three there that they had to kind of do without but anyways Donegal uh, before we finish up this round up um, there's definitely Ballyhill Shamrocks um, TJ Reid missed three penalties and scored 115 how about that I'm going to mention him in performance <laughs> of the weekend so they beat Dixborough who were last year's county champions and Ronan Maher uh, scored two goals in the last 10 minutes and we're going to mention him performance of the weekend as well the one was in the last minute to keep Turles Sarsfield's domination of Tipperary hurling on the goal like it's gas all these little stories and they're always like uh, Oshin Kelly for example scored he's the awfully hurler he scores two goals for, for Ban in injury time to beat Clara and get to a county final there's loads of little That's stories beautiful. like this it's happening all over the country yeah. and this is, the, this is what really annoys me all this should be done on a Sunday on a TV show with reporters all around these grounds and like a Gillette Soccer Saturday. Why not? Why the potential for this club championships, even county championships, to kick off and become massive? Yeah. I think we'll get to the stage where the county is over and people won't care. So oh, we're into the club now. This is going to be brilliant. And like in fairness to TG4, like I mean they're the only ones at the moment. I'm not ha- sure what happened to Air Sport. I need to find out that. Um, Air Sport haven't been in the mix at all and they showed a lot of club um, club yeah. last year so I need to find out what's actually after happening I do because yeah, we thought that there was going to be a Air Sport game for the last group game and I remember contacting to ask which game was it going to be but I didn't I didn't hear back on anything I know they're going massive on rugby as well so I don't know if that's interrupting it or not but yeah it was yeah. a weird one because they'd really committed to doing the club yeah. last year and they were showing loads of loads of games but and like I mean if Air Sport had those rights just do it at Gillette 
soccer yeah. soccer Sunday or if you hear me soccer Gillette GA soccer Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Guinness GA Sunday <laughs> but <laughs> let's change it from from whatever it is on Sky but like I mean do you get me the, the potential absolutely. the potential is absolute and then when it kicks into the provincial clubs the stories that come out of that yeah. of the rivalries from different counties playing each other and the history of these clubs the stories that are going on it's it's unbelievable yeah. and it's just ignored it's ignored and then you have everybody whinging well did you hear stupid to lose out in September anyway with promotional opportunities with the inter-county it's like shut up <laughs> yeah. seriously <laughs> why don't you complain about the club that's the heartbeat of the whole association the grassroots and that's completely ignored yeah. and everybody seems to be okay with that and everybody can relate to it as you say those stories the players are more open when they're with the club they're, they're free to yeah. talk they don't, they're not worried about what they can and can't say I don't know about you but like the first thing I'm doing every Monday morning is refreshing the Dubs TV channel like on YouTube because I want to see the highlights because I know there's these star-studded players playing it's like it's like the World Cup almost like where these club players you've been watching every week now you go to their country and they're playing with a smaller country a lot of them this is sort of in, in reverse where you're yeah. going to your club but you, you see these stars that are playing all around the country now seeing how they can do with their club yeah. like there is a bit of magic in it absolute magic it's magic that's not being captured yeah. there's not and the only, you're only following it through Twitter or you know through websites that are finding out different things and like I mean this is just there if, if you've got if you've got resources and we talked to Declan McBennett recently get this put this on put this on like it's not there at the moment so like I mean it can't cost that much <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, no how, how can it cost so much when nobody wants it here at the moment like I mean just get it on anyways the last results that I thought uh, caught my eye was Donegal so Guidor um, beat Railton Amara a club I'd never heard of if I'm being honest um, Bundoran Bund- is it Bundoran mm. um, so 8-13 to 3-12 it sounds like a ladies football result no offence to ladies <laughs> they, they do have some random kind of <laughs> massive goals and less points kind of results so that's an incredibly high scoring game for Donegal which has a yeah. reputation for being dour and, yeah. and terrible but then you get to the other one that I wanted to mention is Kilcar County Champions are out they lost one nine to six points to Nave Connell. That's Glenty's. They're a dour club. Um, no surprises to hear Jim McGuinness kicked off this uh, their revolution. So not only did he kick off their revolution and inspire them to win county titles, like he did with Donegal, he left that kind of legacy <laughs> there that these are a dour team to, to watch and they kept Kilcar to six points without Ryan McHugh was obviously a big loss for Kilcar yeah and Paddy McBrearty as well obviously and Mark McHugh went off after 10 oh, minutes Jesus. so Kilcar like without those three let's be honest let's forget about it so like I mean I think they stayed in it right up to the, the last 10 minutes and then uh, Nave Connell got a goal so Kilcar out and that was last year's county final Nave Connell versus Kilcar so Nave Connell march on Guidor who are very strong march on as well yeah I want to focus on the 11 goal thriller not the dire <laughs> affair like, the, like there's a team who shipped 21 points and they won by 16 points that's that's Donegal football for you you know yeah. like, did you see the Antrim score you were away the Antrim minor game club minor game no. during the week let me read it out All Saints Ballymena 11-10 Tiernan O'Grandlestown 8-9 Holy shit <laughs> yeah, Ulster football's on the up will <laughs> The rest of you catch up on us <laughs> It's a goal fest <laughs> Just go for goals ah, That's too much to be honest <laughs> Alright up next we'll talk to Niall Coakley Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. 
Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. Absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes. You know. Okay. Go no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. All right, Cork and St. Jude's forward Niall Coakley joined us on the line now after St. Jude's brilliant win over Ballymun on Saturday. How's it going, Niall? Ah, very good, yeah. So, a uh, massive win for us there on Saturday. So, just starting to, I suppose, get the head round to it now. But uh, certainly great buzz, great buzz Saturday. Um, great to get the win. But uh, as you saw yesterday, Drew Vincent's now so... Uh, it won't be long getting your focus on, on on the next challenge. No, you're definitely going to have to do it the hard way if you're going to do it this year with Ballymun and Vincent's on the menu. Yeah, that's for sure. I suppose, I suppose when you get to this stage of the championship, obviously, you know, Borden had a big win over Nafina as well, and, and Crokes obviously have massive talent too. So there's no doubt about it. It, it, it certainly isn't a, a tough championship to win. Um, but you know we'll take massive confidence from Saturday getting over Valley 1 and, and, and use that now going into, into Vincent's in two weeks time Yeah so you got a goal after two minutes and I saw the highlights they're on YouTube there this morning if anybody hasn't seen them yeah. there's about five minutes and it's uh, I, don't, I don't know much about your goals but it was a typical Kevin McManaman assist anyways Ah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah like I think it was one of the few times maybe in the whole game Kev managed to get in a one-on-one situation and uh, as you say, kind of typical Kev Mack fashion, just just took your man around the outside. I played for me basically the simple task just to to palm it in. But um, as you said, typical Kev. But uh, it was probably the one time we did manage to get him kind of isolated one on one and and he, and he done the rest, you know. Yeah, exactly. So like I mean, it was kind of nip took then for a while, and then Ballymun looked like they were in control of the game. They went one ten to one six up after fifty five minutes. Before that, they'd taken, yeah, they'd taken Philly McMahon off after 49 minutes and Jason Whelan off in and around the 55, 56 minutes. So, like, I mean, maybe Ballymun thought, OK, we're going to wind down the clock here and take off a couple of players or what was going on there? Yeah, well, I, I suppose I disagree. disagree that they were taking them off for, I don't know, that they thought the game was over because, like, to be totally honest, I thought we played the better football throughout. Um, I know in the first half... We got the goal, um, missed missed a fair few chances. I think we had six or seven misses in the first half, and they were just incredibly clinical up top. Uh, Dean Rock didn't. I don't think he hit a wide all day. Paddy Small looked very dangerous at the start. They yeah. got the penalty, and we done very well to get. I think we kicked three in a row. Then after that, uh, we responded very well, and then went in a level at half time. Um, I suppose in the second half, then they, again they were just very clinical with their chances where we actually were the opposite. We were creating chances. We had a couple of goal chances. I missed, missed three frees myself. Um, you know, we were very wasteful. So, like, in terms of how the game was going, I thought we were actually a better team, but they were just far more clinical, as I said. I don't think Dean Rock kicked the wide all day, and just looking back, even on the highlights, you could see he was just stroking them over. Yeah. Uh, very clinical. But, so I, I wouldn't think they were taking the lads off, kind of resting them up, to be totally honest with you, Woody. Um, obviously, you know, I, I don't know what their management was thinking, but to me, I wouldn't say that they thought they had the game won, uh, right. especially the way the play was unfolding. Okay, um, right. So it was a competitive... It was always competitive, but it was 1-3 then you scored um, yeah. down in the last maybe seven, eight minutes to, to win it. Yeah, yeah. So basically... Um, I think who kicked the point we got a point anyway bring it back to three points and then Chris Cookie and 
went up the middle and um, I don't know was he going for a point or what but he put it right into the top corner um, and then that got us level and they went up then actually and uh, got a free Dean Rock kicked them point ahead we went up got an equaliser and then we won the kick out and got the winner so I suppose it was a frantic last few minutes to be totally honest with you um, up and down and, and you know it was just amazing to get the, get the win in the end Yeah so look I mean you've been really consistent the last three years as Parik Monaghan took you over you were beaten in 2016 in the semi-final I'm sure you were very disappointed with that to Castleknock um, then last year yeah. you lost to St Vincent's they got a lot of goals um, 4-12 to 1-12 yeah. and now you're back in a semi-final again so like I mean shouldn't shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody at this stage that St Jude's are able to beat Ballymun Kickhams no, not at all, and, and it certainly wasn't a surprise to us. Um, you know, we're we're an incredibly competitive team. I think that's the one thing we do have, which is that we are a, a team as such. And I suppose Ballymun have so much talent, and very hard, I suppose, for them to integrate so such quality into into a team kind of at short notice. Whereas with us, we're, we're incredibly, as I said, consistent. You know, we we we'd have like Kev Mack obviously in with the dubs, but that's one player really just kind of coming back in, and it's very easy to fit Kev into your team. Um, whereas obviously, you know, the likes of Ballymun have six to come in, and yeah. they've they've obviously have to try and bed them in. But, but I suppose in terms of ourselves, as you said, 2016 was incredibly disappointing. We were actually, I suppose, in a similar enough situation. Massive underdogs playing Crooks in the quarter final. And we managed to turn Crokes over, but then I remember we played Castanock a week later, and we just didn't go up at all. And Castanock deservedly beat us on the night, and that's probably still one that really, really does hurt us. Uh, looking back on it, um, last year then you know we 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 were in the game for probably forty forty five minutes against Vincent, and unfortunately they got the goals in the end to kind of put us to bed. Um, but you know we definitely did take some confidence from that afternoon that we you know we can put it up to them. Um, but it's you know their quality side as well, and I suppose they probably have the benefit as what I mentioned earlier and being a real team as well. Um, I don't think they had anyone on the Dublin panel this year after the league, so they they they'd be very consistent as well. Consistent team selections, you know, they're top of the Dublin league as well. So you know they they'd have the same benefits that we would have in that regard. Yeah, no, they would. So how do you get that real club feel feel kind of? in St. Jude's because you do have a lot of transfers like I mean you've Mark Sweeney from Antrim Barry Fitzgerald from Cork yeah. Killian O'Reilly from Cavan Kieran Fitzgerald from Kildare Pora Clark from Sligo you've, we've Billy Sheen from Kerry and kind of half leash after a good few years and you have your <laughs> you have yourself from Cork so that's one thing I always remember when I was with Parnell's the reputation that Jude's would have is that they're a really good together yeah. club team but how do you get that going when you know you've a lot of new fellas coming and going yeah, I suppose the first thing is that you know all of them, you know you li- you listed out a fair few names there, and there's actually probably a few more missing uh, from the squad overall. But I suppose they've all we've all kind of joined at different stages. So I don't think any year there's been four or five brand new players kind of catapulted in, if that makes sense. So like Mark's been around the Jude squad now for probably six years. Yeah. I'm going. This is my. I think this is my fourth year maybe you know arguably the first year didn't really count but it's my fourth year around Jude's and then say uh, Billy's there now three years so I think that's one thing is that never have we had you know four or five lads joining straight away but I suppose the second thing is that the Jude's lads are 
lads from Jude and Temple Org or wherever, they're all so welcoming. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned it before and that when I was there in twenty fourteen I wasn't playing with them but you know they were they were they were so welcoming to me. I was one of the lads. They were taking interest in my home club, where I was from, what I was doing up here, and you know they make everyone feel involved. And then I suppose we have a great bond uh, up there, and that you know we we socialise together, and um, maybe too much at times, but uh, you know we're all great buds. And like you know we go away every year. It's funny the first weekend in December, um, it's booked out for the squad because every year we go away on a trip. Um, and and there's a real close feel there. Um, you know, as I said, I feel like one of the lads there now, um, and I'm sure the lads who only joined this year are the same. So, I think it's a mixture, as I said, of lads not join, not a whole host of new players coming in at the one time, and then the boys up in Jews just being so welcoming to lads like myself who are up here for work or whatever. Right, right, okay. And it, yeah, like I have to say, like this, it, these are all genuine transfers of fellas that move move close. Is it true? Yeah. Kieran, is it true? Kieran Fitzgerald googled clubs in South Dublin before before he found St Jude's. Yeah, so he is a very funny one. Uh, so I believe he's teaching somewhere in South, in the south side. I don't know the exact school, but I think he uh, he honestly was just looking to to. I think he was getting married. Uh, he you know he was looking to kind of just prioritise other things. I think and uh, popped to Google, emailed the the, the club secretary, who's actually Porrick's wife, Porrick Manahan's wife. So I'd say when Porrick found out who he was, he was in a long running down <laughs> transfer forms, but. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one, all right. Yeah, so Kieran Fitzgerald's obviously played for Kildare a lot of times, so I'd say I just couldn't yeah. believe couldn't believe his look. This fella is actually approaching St Jude's, which is a classic. Ah, uh, yeah, it was absolutely mad because generally, you know, you'd have some contact through work or like you know myself. It was actually through John Deneen from um, John Deneen from Carrigline. Uh, he had relocated up here, and he was actually managing the St Jude's team in 2014 with with Des Newton uh, for us coming at the time. And um, I, I was just looking to train, and that's how I ended up here. So you generally kind of have some some contact like that. Whereas I think Fitzy uh, literally just emailed saying, you know, have the gear and we'll travel. So <laughs> um, when Porrick found that out, I'd say he wasn't long driving down to him with the farms. But um, yeah, Fitzy's Fitzy's great there. Um, he came on board, I think, start of twenty seventeen. But like that again, like he just he, he integrates into the squad. You know, great great pal of, of, of myself and all the lads like and he, and he certainly is one of us so um, yeah he it's a funny story there right so you played for Carrick Alliance, um before you moved up to Jude's and they're an intermediate yeah. club so you went from intermediate football in Cork to senior football in Dublin and like I mean like it's obvious to most people Dublin senior football at club level yeah. is of a hugely high standard so like I mean that must yeah. have been a bit of a culture shock to go from that level up to the next level yeah, it certainly was. Um, as I mentioned there already, I was training with the boys in 2014, and I suppose to be totally honest, the first few sessions I was with the lads, I was I was blown away by the physicality, um, like just you know, in, even in a, in a possession game, you were getting hit and you were be you were feeling every hit. Whereas back in Cork intermediate level, it's a lot more kind of free flowing football, kick passing, very you know, kind of I suppose more traditional football. That was the first thing that struck me in 2014, and it definitely took me a while to kind of get to get to the pitch of it. Um, funnily enough, I probably had my best year playing with my club at Carrigaline because of it. I think, right? Um, you know, just being in that environment up here, even though I, I, I was taxing the body with the car driving up and down at the weekend. But I think the training I was doing with the lads really benefited me, um, and also kind of the insight into maybe how they looked after themselves off the pitch as well. So. I was struck by how many of them, you know, regularly went to the gym and, you know, it's part of 
are, you know, is it, part of their routine. Whereas back home, uh, I think at the time, you know, we would have maybe went to the gym in pre-season two or three times a week and then once the championship started or the leagues are even, you know, you, you wouldn't really be focusing too much on the gym. Yeah. So I think seeing that up here gave me that kind of, um, I suppose, gave me that uh, insight and what the level you need to get to. So it's funny, actually, the first year I started playing with you in 2015, it was actually a nightmare year for myself personally. Uh, first league game, I still remember we were playing Plunkett's and uh, I don't know if you've played many times in time in North to Jude's pitch, but not the best surface ever. Not in the and, winter, uh, no. Not in the winter, no. Not in the winter, yeah. <laughs> so it's actually been redeveloped. So hopefully next year, no, we'll have a beautiful one. But uh, I went over my ankle, fractured my ankle uh, two minutes into my league debut and then was out for three or four months. And then uh, got back playing later on in the summer and then tore my medial. So basically it was more or less a write-off of the year. I, I think I played three games in the whole year. Um, but in the club at home, Carrigleen managed to win the Intermediate County for the first time ever. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, look, I'm not going to lie. I was absolutely devastated, um, obviously selfishly, for selfish reasons. Like, my younger brother was on the panel there. I mean, my younger brother was playing for Carrigleen and, you know, fellas like Nicholas Murphy, who's obviously a hero to me growing up, like I was, and all the rest of the lads down there, I was so happy for the lads, obviously, and yeah. delighted that they were able to get that that victory but uh, for myself I did, you know, I, to be totally honest with you know, I was in a dark enough place that's it <laughs> well I'll tell um, I'll, I'll, that, I'll, I'll make you feel a bit better the year I left Portlaoise to go to Parnells <laughs> Portlaoise won the Leinster bloody club won the Leinster club and nearly had a nervous breakdown oh god <laughs> <laughs> no really I was the same I swear to god I can still remember being inside the pub in Temple uh, in Temple Bar the Keys and I swear like I was in the worst form ever <laughs> and uh, I remember one of the young lads actually um, Kieran Doherty from Jude's he's, he's 23 now but at the time he, you know, he would have been only about 19 or 20 I remember him coming up to me he's like are you alright Coakley like what's wrong with you and I was just like you know just thinking how I missed out on that but obviously as I said that's selfish reasons like but um, I was delighted for the lads at home and my brother and everyone back home but uh, I think I think again like it probably made me more motivated then coming yeah. back into 2016 and that's really kind of when I kicked on to be totally honest with you right. was, was 2016 uh, 2015 was almost a write-off write-off of the year for me but um, I think that it gave me that extra bit of motivation and kind of bit between the teeth to come back in 2016 a bit stronger you know Yeah and you definitely did so like I mentioned you played intermediate um, and by the way your reaction to them winning the intermediate is perfectly natural you'd be a liar if you didn't yeah. say you were livid <laughs> I know but, yeah Like I, I mean it's I easy know. like it is selfish but se- being selfish like I mean you play for your own reasons and stuff and you don't want to miss out on anything but anyways so you played intermediate with Carrigaline and then you went up playing senior football with St. Jude's and then you made your debut for Cork Seniors at the age of 27 so you took up another level again and you actually played the Munster final in 2017 That's I kind of really focused on 2016 and I had a good start to the year up here with Jude's and and Billy was actually Billy Sheehan was called in to do a bit of coaching and I think he was selected that year with Cork and he basically it was funny he rang me on St. Patrick's Day uh, asking was I was I heading back to Cork because I think the way it was falling we had a weekend there and I said I was and he said look we're, we're, we're actually having a versus B game or, or an internal game would you come in and join us for the day and uh, you know I suppose I was a bit shocked at first because you know I never played for Cork before and um, I was a bit shocked so I was like, delighted to come screen obviously and I suppose this was probably about March time I think it was yeah it was around Patrick's Day 
and uh, played played well enough in, in an internal game and then I got a call off Patter asking me to come back down the following week so that was good and then ended up going on a training camp in 2016 sports school played quite well out there called into the panel and I suppose I was on the bench for three of the championship matches in 2016 uh, I suppose at the time I felt I was playing well enough to maybe get a run but in hindsight it would have been massive to put me in after not playing any kind of league or any underage with Cork and yeah. Was it was it was it was it was probably a plus for me to get onto the championship squad. Um, so then, really, they kind of did it. You know, I met management Patter and Billy, and they said to me, like, you know, you're going to be getting your chance early in 2017, and it's up to you to kind of take it or not. So, um, yeah, and then I, I, I suppose I started the year quite well in 2017. Uh, you know, through the McGrath Cup and even a couple of early rounds of the league, was happy enough with my form, and um, we had a shocking performance as a team that I remember against Clare in. Um, in, in Cusick Park and there was a few of us kind of dropped in uh, and didn't didn't really see any action for the remainder of the league um, so to be totally honest I think my form kind of dropped and I lost a bit of confidence then you know when you're kind of four or five games and you're not really getting any run and you're not playing football and you know you're doubting yourself and you're and, you know obviously I was driving up and down from Dublin then as well so you'd be tormenting yourself on the, on the motorway like questioning the whole thing yeah. Um, and then I didn't actually make the squad for the Waterford game. I remember I wasn't in the 26. And to be totally honest, I probably wasn't maybe playing well enough to to to, to get on that uh, 26. But then um, I can remember I had a couple of games with the club up here uh, around that same time because obviously wasn't involved. And I just for whatever it was, I just got the confidence back and started to being a bit more carefree about it. If that makes sense, I wasn't putting the pressure putting pressure on myself and. Uh, I was performing really well then in training. It was almost like a change in a week. I don't know how I went from, you know, I kind of started playing really well then again in training and uh, got back into the squad for the tip game. I was disappointed, a bit disappointed I didn't get on in that game, but we won. That was amazing. And then, I suppose, catapulted in from the start um, against Kerry um, for, for my championship debut. So um, that that was kind of how it came about. Yeah, geez, I say the nerves were at you. So you, you've had a very interesting career then. So then Ronan McCarthy takes over Cork this year and tells you that you're not going to be part of his panel. So like, I mean, this is a this is a complete roller coaster ride, like a debut at 27. Yeah. Then like the, another roller coaster, like you've just explained between getting on and getting off. And then the next manager yeah. coming in saying, and this was even without a trial or without anything. Uh, McCarthy, what, what, did he ring you or how did he let you know? Yeah, yeah. So actually, we were playing Kula in the um, in the quarter final of the county up here last year, and I got a phone call the night before, just basically saying, you know, we'll be meeting as a squad in the next couple of weeks, and it's bad news, and you know, you won't you won't be involved. And uh, that was that was pretty much it. Um, so yeah, at the time, like I knew I knew he was ringing around because I could see lads leaving the WhatsApp group, and uh, <laughs> it's just was the way you know about everything these days, isn't it through WhatsApp? But yeah, so I got to call. I suppose I was a bit disappointed, obviously in hindsight. As you said, there were maybe I, I'm not too sure, you know, um, how much of me he would know about if that makes sense, and that I wouldn't have been playing senior football in Cork. And as I mentioned, I was kind of in and out of the in and out of the Cork team in 2017, so. Um, it was disappointing totally honest uh, it, it it took me a while to kind of maybe I suppose fully get over it if that makes sense um, but 
you know maybe it was the right decision um, in the end I suppose for myself I was able to put, you know, put a lot more into work into you know into spending more time with friends and family and then obviously putting more into the club as well and being around uh, with the lads all the time but um, yeah I suppose that's what that news came about very disappointing at the time but um, you know I suppose the call that's the call and um, you know I think he he, he is panel in mind and, and, and that was kind of it yeah okay so maybe he'll uh, be maybe send him a link to that YouTube video of the 1-4 against Ballymun <laughs> against Ballymun and you might, you yeah. might get back we'll into look, we'll look maybe the YouTube clip but if he saw the full game he'd see the freeze I missed as well so uh, no just yeah. send the highlights send the highlights and you'll be grand <laughs> so come here so this, so this is it so you're Vincent's next and I have to say like I'm going to start supporting St. Jude's now that I know you're basically a culture club up in Dublin so like I mean I have to get in behind you so it would be nice you've never won Jude's have never won a senior title they've never won a hurling uh, title even though they've got close to that as well so like I mean suppose you'll be saying amongst yourselves it's about time we take that next step and, and follow that win up with, with another big one yeah big time because as, as you know everyone will of the cause but we're in the, I suppose we're sick of no like don't want to just get an upset you know beat Valley Mundal well and good but if we go out the next day and lose to Vincent you know really what, what good was it to us at the end of the day so you know, there's a massive craving, massive desire there from the squad. Get that first county title. Um, as you mentioned, I think the lads were in the final in, in I think it was 20, 2009. 2009, yeah. Yeah, 2009, yeah, I think they were in the final. And the hurlers were very unlucky actually beat an extra time. Um, I think it was 2015 or 2016 by Crokes and then obviously you come up against the Kula team who are, who are, uh, were dominating at the moment but um, yeah football wise like, it, it's it's something where, as a squad we are really trying to rectify you know having one last performance but we need to back it up again so um, it'd be amazing for everyone involved I think the club's 40 years old this year so it's, it, it's still a new, relatively new club um, so we're still playing in that first county but within the squad it's definitely something that, that, that we're focused on um, Vincent's obviously I think they're going for three in a row at the moment so they're such a strong team but you know we, we'll we'll prepare as best we can in two weeks and go into it full of confidence you know Yeah okay but listen Niall thanks very much for taking the call and best of luck in, in that semi-final well, very much When your legs don't work like they used to before I was actually coming home on Saturday morning and I had the podcast on for Newbridge all night and that that helps the journey to be honest if I'm if I've ran out of Ed Sheeran songs depends on mood I'm in <laughs> Ed's good for uh, if you're in a sappy mood Ed's good to sing along to you and then if you're in a GA head mood which I am probably most of the week then I turn these boys on Darling I will be loving you Paddy Power Performance of the Weekend, Conan, and the first nomination is Niall Coakley. We just talked to him on the phone. He's had kind of an interesting career so far. Like, I mean, no underage with Cork. Um, never represented Cork until he was 27 at any level, and this was senior level. So went from intermediate club to senior club in Dublin, then up to senior, then gets a phone call that he's not there this year. So now he's the senior club with Dublin. So, like, I mean, he scored 1-4, 1-1 from play. Um... And played really well. And St. Jude's, like, I mean, Coakley gets the nomination here, really, for... We can't give all of St. Jude's a pair of Paddy Power boxers <laughs> or lucky pants. But, like, I mean, that was just a brilliant, brilliant win. And like I said to Niall, 
um, almost something that we shouldn't be shocked about really with St. Jude's anymore yeah to be honest I was listening to that interview licking my lips thinking Gee, this could be me this is like <laughs> I'm just coming from the other side of the country going from intermediate clubs senior club yeah. in Dublin just waiting for the dairy call up now think of it now what he was lucky which you need is you need Billy Sheehan obviously is with St. Jude's and then got on the car coaching tickets so he got him down so you need somebody that's on the next dairy management team to get involved with Scaries and then st- yeah because they wouldn't recommend someone Munich, recommend yeah. someone you need somebody you need someone to see you every day and then you're listen you could be wing forward for Derry next year if you can fully <laughs> stop it late develop I've been writing stories about myself this is what the GA is all about another player Tom uh, Lahif I hope I'm pronouncing this right who's number 5 for for St. Jude's and he scored two absolutely brilliant points from yeah. play and trying to find out who he is and he is he's not one of they have about 7 uh, Kulshis on the team you know St. Jude's so they have a load of outside uh, transfers like uh, Niall was saying but Tom is one of their homegrown lads he's about 23 played a lot of soccer yeah. but he looks like a really really good player there was a guy another guy not to rain on Tom's parade but Kieran Doherty who played the first ball in for the goal yeah it's on, like outside the boot over the top of the sweeper straight Beautiful into ball. and he got the winning he got the winning point was it him who got yeah. it as well and he's homegrown as well he's a Dublin under 21 oh, yeah. as well so like I mean they have a mix of Kulchies and Young Dubs and Kevin McManaman yeah, what more do you want <laughs> yeah, like, culture there just, well. yeah cause that's the thing and they, like I mean this is why like they're able to get maybe this club culture in that none of the cultures that they signed are senior intercounty players. They were ex or they're not on the panel. Well, Niall is back in the thing. So you've got these culture club players coming up looking for a new club. And do you know what I mean? They're able to harness that and, and make it gel together like a club. But again, how do you make a club team gel together? Play every week. Yeah. So the Dublin, how many league games do you have in, in the league in Dublin? There's how many teams in the senior 16. league? 12, 16. So you have yeah. 15 games and they'll have 90% of their players in all those league games having a few pints after the game bang you're a club all of a sudden yeah. what are Ballymun doing do you know what I mean think about it like it, it's not rocket science as well like you're then they're trying to it's almost like cheating for an exam or cogging for an exam they're trying to get all this done when Jude's have all the work done yeah. they've been studying all year yeah. we're, we're, we're on top of everything we're yeah. not doing any all nighters but <laughs> and that's shit for Ballymun isn't it like they're being punished for like service yeah. in the county that's it you know where they should it. be rewarded a bit more yeah. they're, they're missing out for a championship yeah. no that's a fact that's the way it is so anyways not Tony Brosnan I had the pleasure of watching yesterday like we were saying before we love a kind of uh, fella who was discovered who might have maybe lost his way for a year or two and then is back um, top class he was he got nine altogether I think he got about six from play um, some beautiful scores most of them I, most of them were off his left foot but he's yeah. able to make space for himself nice little jink nice little bit of space he gave one ball in the first half um, put someone through for a point it was Gucci-esque so he comes out to the wing um, gathers the ball and then kind of over his shoulder put kicks it into a space where a yeah. man's just running onto it you know those kind of passes so like he had it all he was interviewed after the game uh, a lot of yeras out of him yeah. so like yeah. I mean the Kerry boys are lovely. He, wasn't, he wasn't giving much away but uh, a really really good player a really good player yeah. to think like I mean he, he wasn't on the Croaks team like until Gooch um, was injured in the last round <laughs> and he scored 114 isn't this really weird it, do you not yeah. find this really weird that a fella who's not getting on his club team and only gets on it because Gooch 
gets on it hits 114 and 9 points <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on here really what's going on I don't know I I, I don't understand it like surely he's good enough to play with Gucci on the forward line well, like yeah it, that's the obvious conclusion yeah. I would come now Kieran O'Leary's in there um, he's obviously an ex an ex uh, Kerry captain he's a full forward and he's a live wire as well really good club yeah. player and they had another young lad Shaw in the other corner big rangy fella real fast and he was top top notch as well never mentioned yeah. never mind Looney who is wing forward and top class and Michal Burns, Michal Burns. <laughs> ah, it's a sensational forward line to have really and to have Dottie Casey and Johnny Buckley in, in the forwards Gavin White Kieran Fitzgerald in the defence like I think these are going to be all our club champions yeah like they'd be doing something wrong not to, not to get to the final anyway or semi-final but Jesus it, like I was just watching the highlights as well like it, there was one time where he looked like he didn't have all the space and then getting that space in the first place is a real skill like, yeah. not a lot of people can do it yeah. it's a senior championship but one time he was being closed down and it looked like he was going on to his right and he had that little good stummy as well that the quick point yeah. he's back on to his left with about five metres of space suddenly but he did say afterwards that you can learn anything from Gooch he's the best in the business Like so he has been sort of learning off him for all these years Like and Jesus, like unleash him now. Like they have to be in the same team. Like this is a club oh, championship yeah. winning team. Oh yeah, leave them in there. Leave them in there on their own and play O'Leary a little bit in front of them. But ah, look, they give lovely ball. Like whenever they get the great thing, and they were dropping a lot of bodies back. You know, Croke yeah. surprised me yesterday. Now they've been running up. Uh, Tony Brosnan said they've been running up some big scores. So like maybe they, I don't know would they have changed, but they're getting a lot of bodies back. Frustrating Legion, but when they broke, they broke with kick passes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were getting it and they were moving that ball really fast through the foot. And even though they were getting bodies back, they still looked like a really attractive team. Do you know what I mean? Almost. Yeah, yeah. Because Corafin get bodies back as yeah, well. Yeah. It's just the way the, the kind of system they have and how they move the ball. Yeah. Just move the ball fast through the foot. No, no, doesn't get any better than that. Now that I mention Corafin, though, I'm like, oh, actually, <laughs> can yeah. they be beaten? I don't well, know. Corafin Croaks would be the big one, right? Croaks beat them in the Gaelic grounds. Um, two years ago when they beat Slocknail in the final yeah. um, they didn't play them last year because they were beaten by Nemo but Currafin and Croaks in the final would be a real you'd obviously argue for Slocknail but that Currafin versus Croaks would be the real crowd please or Vincent's would Vincent's be in the mix there well. as well yeah so there's some ah, great club championship isn't what it's all about though honestly <laughs> like I mean class. Jesus Christ so uh, Ronan Marr like I mentioned so he gets two goals so Ronan would be noted as centre back he must have been moved in full forward because the Buff Egan has footage of yeah. his winning goal which is just sensational so this is in injury time um, and they're down they win 214 to 116 so it's 116 to 114 they're two points down in injury time uh, it was Kill Ruan McDonough's I'm not, a, not a club I'm massively familiar with either um, and he got two goals in the last 10 minutes and that was it so game over Hero of the day, another, yeah. another great story. The, the catch for the last goal, like the catch, yeah. three men in front of him, and, and he came out of nowhere behind them yeah. all and just plucks it a layer and ah, makes a bit of space for himself and drills it in. Second only Tipperary hurling championship, my God! Second only to John McGrath saw during the week. Did you see that where he did no. his groin, so he moves him in the full forward, and he's just hobbling around, he can hardly move. Buff again has the footage, and this guy's just walking along the full forward line, picking up ball and swinging it over, sometimes with one hand, <laughs> and he scored three points in the last ten. Minutes. They were five down, and they they rallied. This was a preliminary quarterfinal, and then they won again at the weekend, and now they're they're in the semifinal as, as well. As Buff would say, "By God, <laughs> yeah. see this is it again." And this isn't captured only for Buff Egan. In fairness, and he does some oh, great work. Classic. But like, I mean, it's ridiculous that these brilliant performances are never 
are never really seen. I just don't get it. Um, although it will be highlights. It's an on TG4 tonight at 8 o'clock. You yeah. usually show highlights of as many games as they can, in fairness to them. TG Cahar. TG correct myself. And they're just I'm, back in, I'm back into this TG Cahar all the time yeah. now. I'm going to be lynched every every show. Um, right, TJ Reid then. He scored 115. So Ballyhale Shamrocks beat Dixborough by five points. So he mi- he missed three first half penalties, which is absolutely incredible. And from seeing the highlights of this, we were sent in videos of yeah. the of of the three penalty misses. They're on the website. Um, and huge crowd at this one. Yeah. Now this is a big a big game because obviously Dixborough won it last year, and Ballyhale are the glamour team in Kilkenny but he missed three so Colin Fennelly won all three penalties which will surprise absolutely no one um, so Shamrocks trailed by three at the break Dixborough goalkeeper so Dara Dara Houlihan is his name so he twice saved from from TJ Reid one was saved and went over the bar and then TJ obviously got really pissed off that these were both saved went for the corner and put it wide For the, this was for the third one so the first two were saved last, last one was wide so TJ comes out in the second half and ends up uh, like a man possessed and scores a goal early in the second half. Um, they end up winning by five and he gets 115. 115 yeah. with three missed penalties. Like, I mean, holy crap. Yeah. The most impressive against, thing... Against the defending champions. Yeah, like, and it's not only that he scored 115 after missing three penalties, is that he even hit the third one after missing two penalties? <laughs> like, you know, they have that balls, they come back up and say, nah, I'll hit it again. Yeah. I'm TJ Reid. And like, not being phased by any one of the misses, I'd be ruined. I'd be, I'd be remembering that for the rest of my life, missing three penalties in one game. Yeah. But that's just one half of hurling for him and he yeah. scores 115. The 115 kind of softens the blow, in fairness, <laughs> it softens the blow. So Ushin Kelly then I mentioned at the start as well. So he scored a hat-trick last week for his club in hurling and they lost the county semi-final after him scoring a hat-trick this week then um, he scored two injury time goals for for his football club for Ban to beat Clara so they're back into the final for Ban and I heard his interview after the game so he didn't do much up until the last up until injury time according to himself but if he scored two goals in injury time to win a game there were two points down so one goal went a point up and then his second goal went four up so that was it so um you know, you're in the mix for performance the weekend if you're getting two injury time goals. I don't <laughs> care, and you're and you're a no, more of a noted hurler. And there's a lot of dual fellows. There's a lot of county hurlers in Offaly that that play with their clubs in football. Shane Dooley's the big example. Which yeah, you just it was weird to think of Shane Dooley on a football field. This is another thing about club. I'm actually thinking about now is the dual. Like you know, we look at Clare and went to people who are playing hurling the football. Tipperary hurling. A lot of them. Conor McGrath and, and Podge Collins. When we know Podge is a footballer, yeah. Conor McGrath is a good footballer as well. <laughs> Sock Neil won the hurling championship there at the weekend. Now they're playing their replay against Coleraine this week in the middle of the week. The football. All right. It's all good. This is yeah. But wasn't uh, before we finish up? Wasn't Chrissy McCaig not saying after the last to the All Ireland semi final in hurling last in football last year that a lot of them were going to have to make a decision because they couldn't sustain that week after week. And maybe I was just a knee jerk reaction by Chrissy to you know having lost. Yeah. But it, it it appears they're all lining out for both again. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's I don't know. Like you go back in January or well in their case April, and I don't see how you just walk away from it after so much they've given like I think it was probably as you say knee or just being hurt having gotten so far a couple of times with both football and hurlers I don't know like I remember at the time he took a break from Derry as well and just said he was wrecked like probably emotionally more than anything yeah. came back for Derry then anyway and played in the championship and yeah. do you know we just need a bit of break sometimes I think that was it so like I mean a lot of competition here for performance at the weekend but in his defence um, 
he was the only one on television that I saw the full game of so Tony Brosnan <laughs> wins it and I have a grow for Tony Brosnan this year and he is the winner of performance of the weekend so he's going to get the Paddy Power um, lucky pants and congratulations to him so we will be back on Thursday Conan with another show um, and we'll talk to you then good luck When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.